Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we continue the march towards the midterms, we're looking at what Republicans and Democratic candidates are doing to craft their message. Which particular sections of their base are they targeting? What about the movable middle and the independents? Who's actually going to show up in the end? The question is, will it be suburban or rural voters that could have the final say? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're very thrilled to have joining us on the program today, Jessica Piper, a reporter at Politico. And uh, as we get into this election season, uh, one of the things I love about what Jessica is looking at is the things beyond just the headlines. We get so caught in just the numbers, but we got to look beneath and some of the trends and some of the things that we aren't talking about. And uh, Jessica had a great piece in Politico about rural voters, uh, which could play an important part in what happens in the midterms coming up 34 days from now. Uh, Jessica, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, and Jessica, you are joining us from the, the middle of the middle of uh, of all the battles, I think, going on uh, politically uh, there in Pennsylvania. Give us uh, just a, a little sense, other than uh, how many campaign ads you're having to watch uh, by the moment. Pennsylvania obviously has a, a competitive Senate race with Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. Could you know be one of the races that decides control of the U.S. Senate. And then a, a competitive gubernatorial race as well with Josh Shapiro and Doug Mastriano. So it's been quite busy here for sure. Yeah. Well, get us into this uh, whole area of the the rural voter. What you've been watching, obviously there's been some special elections that have given us a little indication of of kind of where they might be, but uh, what do you see? What do you sense when it comes to rural voters come November? Yeah, absolutely. So one one big trend we've been watching as we we try to assess, you know, what could be the factors at play in November is turnout and trying to look at who's going to show up in November because midterm elections in the United States historically have a much lower turnout than elections where there's a presidential election. And so the question of who is going to turn out is, is something that we're always trying to gauge. And one thing we've seen in a few special elections this year is a disparity in turnout between rural and suburban and urban counties with those suburban and urban voters turning out at a higher share than rural voters in special elections. And, you know, rural voters tend to lean more to Republicans. 
suburban and urban voters a little bit more inclined to lean toward Democrats. Obviously, you know, those rules are not hard and fast, but that's what we've seen so far. And in a few special elections, you know, June, July, August, we saw rural turnout was lower than urban and suburban turnout. And so that's one thing we're watching to see is will that continue into November? Yeah. And so what do you sense from the rural voters? Why a little lower in some of those special elections? Maybe why the the energy might be a a little bit lower? And it is is it something that will get changed uh, with economy, with some of those uh, kitchen table topics? Uh, What what do you see happening there? Yeah, that's a good question. I think One thing I found myself asking when I was doing some reporting on this is, is it that rural turnout is low or is it that suburban and urban turnout is high Mm. Um, and sort of two sides of the same coin? But one thing we saw in special elections in 2021, you know, there were congressional special elections in in quite a few states that didn't get a ton of attention because many of them weren't especially competitive districts and turnout was pretty low everywhere. It was low in urban counties. It was low in rural counties. In June of this year, there was a special election in Texas. Republicans actually flipped the district. Uh, Representative Myra Flores won that election, and turnout was less than 10%. You know, mm. fewer than 10% of voters showed up, so just really low turnout. Yeah. But what we've seen in the special elections since some people will point to the Dobbs v. Jackson decision um, that, you know, ruled that there was not a federal right to an abortion. Some people would also say that, you know, Maybe it's just that gas prices have also been coming down since June or July, but sort of since mid to late June in special elections, Democrats have performed better. And part of that seems to have been driven by suburban and urban voters turning out in higher levels, while rural voters have kind of turned out at the same lower level. So one could argue that it's just that abortion is maybe motivating more liberal voters in the suburbs or in cities. And you know, that could continue into November or other issues could take precedent. I think that predictive part is hard to say still. Yeah, I think that's uh, that will be the interesting thing as uh, as you look at it from a really from a messaging standpoint, uh, both for Democrats and Republicans in terms of where they go, what that message really is and, and looks like. And I I love the fact, uh, Jessica, that you you raised that sometimes it, it's uh, someone doesn't show up and sometimes just because the other side really shows up. Uh, and so as as you look at the, the march towards November, uh, what, what do you see? And let's kind of flip the scripts on those. So what is it that Republicans, again, knowing that they have a little advantage when it comes to those rural voters, what does that need to look like? Uh, and for Democrats, you know, what do they need to do uh, differently uh, as they march towards November? So Republican consultants that my colleague Holly Otterbein talked to, you know, they spoke candidly that they felt like their messaging in some of these special elections hadn't been resonating with voters, which they were honest about. And the thing is, when if you're honest about that and you recognize your messaging isn't resonating, then you have time to change that. And so they argued that, for example, messaging around immigration might be more helpful um, with rural voters for, for Republicans. And so that's something that they were trying to turn their focus to to inspire rural voters to turn out in greater numbers. Um, and we've seen that in, in the past few weeks in a lot of congressional districts, if you look at some of the, the recent advertising and whatnot. On the flip side, I think Democrats are, are still leaning into the abortion issue a lot because it was successful for them in some of these special elections and they, they feel like it's working with these suburban and urban voters. And so I think you're seeing kind of diverging messaging from the two parties. Everyone's talking a little bit about inflation. Everyone's talking about jobs, but Republicans 
leaning into, you know, immigration and border security and Democrats leaning into abortion and reproductive rights as we get closer to the election. Yeah. And then finally, any anything that you're seeing uh, or that you're kind of monitoring under the radar uh, that maybe we should be thinking about or watching uh, as we march towards November? Well, you know, we, we talk about the march towards November, but voting is already underway in certain states. We have early voting. We have absentee voting in certain states that have already begun. So we are, are starting to keep an eye on that. Um, I think it's a little early to say, you know, what the trends are. I'm only just starting to look at that data, but yeah. it's worth keeping in mind that people are, are already casting their ballots as we speak. Yeah, that, that's such an important thing. So often we, we look at it just at the back end, but uh, more and more with mail-in voting and early voting and all of that, uh, a good chunk of it happens uh, much sooner than we're than we're used to, and so that will be interesting to see uh, what that turnout looks like uh, as uh, as the weeks progress and more and more start to engage in the uh, again whether it's on uh, early voting or whether that's just absentee uh, or ma- or vote by mail, uh, which we do here in the state of Utah. So fascinating pieces there. Jessica Piper is a reporter at Politico. Uh, Jessica, appreciate you joining us today. Great perspective and lots to watch uh, and good luck with the ads in Pennsylvania <laughs> over the next few weeks. Yeah, thank you. You take care. Uh, lots to cover, lots to think about. Uh, this is a really interesting breakdown in terms of suburban voters versus rural voters. Uh, where do they lean? How animated are they? Will they show up? Uh, will they pull that uh, ballot out of the mail, fill it out at the kitchen table and stick it back in? Uh, lots of questions, and we're going to continue to monitor all of that as we march towards the midterms here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.